This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, January 27th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. Almonds slow to recover from salty water. Climate talk travels to Silicon Valley. Possible SCOTUS nominees ag record. Study. Salty groundwater has lasting impact on almonds. Groundwater high in salts can damage almond production for several years after exposure. That according to a new study from the USDA Agriculture Research Service. Tracking orchards in the San Joaquin Valley, the researchers found yield losses of more than 30%, far below earlier modeling that put it at 60%. While the trees had more salt tolerance than we first thought, there were more lasting effects, explained ARS soil scientist Ray Anderson, who led the research. Groundwater may not be as effective of a bridge for drought years as we previously believed. The research shows water quality is just as important as quantity. Drought has forced growers to drill further into aquifers, yet those deeper wells often contain higher salinity, a carryover from when, when the valleys was once an inland sea. California Senate passes bill on corporate climate disclosure. The Senate yesterday approved a measure requiring corporations with annual revenues exceeding a billion dollars to disclose their climate footprints. Democrats argue the public has a right to know which companies are emitting greenhouse gas emissions to ensure they are decreasing those emissions. California would be the first state to enact such legislation. Republicans fiercely oppose the bill, along with dozens of business groups, including the Agriculture Council of California. The California Chamber of Commerce argued it would hurt small and medium-sized businesses since they would still have to report up the supply chain for the larger companies they contract with. Also on climate, the Senate passed a resolution declaring that a climate emergency, quote, threatens the state, the nation, the planet, the natural world, and all of humanity. Republicans worried declaring an emergency would grant the governor special emergency powers as the current COVID-19 crisis does. Silicon Valley lawmaker Zev mandate helps agriculture. Assemblymember Mark Berman of Palo Alto brought up agriculture when opening the governor's press conference yesterday on proposed spending for ZEVs. Speaking at Ford's Palo Alto facility, Berman said the automakers' ZEVs are leading the way in combating climate change and reducing the negative impacts from forest fires that are affecting agricultural lands. We used to have fruit orchards right here, said Berman, but now instead of raising food for cattle, we raise ideas and we raise innovation. He added that the governor's budget proposal of $6.1 billion for ZEV infrastructure is helping to create the market for Ford's products. Governor Newsom then praised the car company for its F-150 Lightning electric pickup, calling it America's most dominant car in terms of sales. He described California as, quote, the tip of the spear for feeling the effects of climate change while also leading in climate solutions. Remember, Berman was in the spotlight last year for a bill phasing out the sale of new gas-powered landscape equipment, which Newsom signed into law. In Washington, President Biden may be eyeing a judge who upheld 
cool. The reported retirement of Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer will give President Joe Biden his first and maybe his only opportunity to fill a Supreme Court seat. A leading candidate is to believe can Johnny Brown Jackson, an African-American judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, which hears cases involving decisions by government agencies. Biden pledged in February 2020 to put a black woman on the high court, and he affirmed that commitment yesterday, according to White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Now take note, Jackson has not authored any opinions at the appeals court, but as a federal district judge issued a decision in 2013 upholding country of origin labeling regulations that had been challenged by the meat industry. The D.C. Circuit affirmed her ruling the next year, but Congress rescinded the cool requirement for beef and pork in late 2015. The U.S. was facing trade retaliation if the rules stayed on the books. In her decision, Jackson rejected claims by the North American Meat Institute and other plaintiffs that the regulations violated the First Amendment by forcing them to disclose production step information. In 2015, Jackson ruled against Food and Water Watch, finding the advocacy group did not have a legal standing to sue USDA over the new poultry inspection system. The appeals court affirmed her decision. And by the way, three Republicans voted with Democrats to confirm her to the D.C. Circuit last year, suggesting she'd have a strong chance of getting confirmed to the Supreme Court. USDA makes another try to meet CRP cap. The USDA is reopening the general sign-up for the Conservation Reserve Program on January 31st with the stated goal of reaching the acreage limit set by the 2018 Farm Bill. The program is capped at 25.5 million acres for fiscal 22 and 27 million acres for 2023. There are only 22.1 million acres currently enrolled in CRP, and contracts on 4 million acres of those scheduled to expire at the end of September. Another 2 million acres expires in 2023. Meanwhile, commodity prices remain at relatively high levels, making it a tough decision for many landowners to take acreage out of production. CRP acreage ticked up in 2021 thanks to new incentives that helped USDA sign up 4.6 million acres, but enrollment had declined every year since 2007. Why it matters? Well, CRP is a key part of the Biden administration's plan to use agriculture to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Take note, the deadline for general sign-up is March 11. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Here's today's He Said It. I was listening to country music. And it put me in a good place. That Assembly Member Berman describing his scenic drive from Sacramento through Central Valley farmland to the Silicon Valley press conference. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, January 27th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.